One of the interesting things about creation, of course, is that that's where we first see God revealing that that God is not just one, but but three, when he says, let us create man in our own image. And, uh, of course... uh, yeah, if if that's all we had, we wouldn't we wouldn't quite understand the Trinity by any stretch. But it was a beginning. Uh, later, of course, when when John tries to explain uh, who Jesus was, he said he wrote his whole book so that you would know who Jesus was. But he started with what? He started with creation, and he explained that Jesus was indeed the one who created all things. Through him, all things were created, and without him, nothing was made that was made. Uh, it was Jesus Himself active. He was the Word spoken in creation. I wonder, um, would, you, would you choose to be at, 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 with Adam and Eve in the garden? I've often thought, you know, if I was there, I'd say, Eve, don't do it. Don't, don't pick that fruit. You know, I'd like to just, just stop her. But the reality is, as I think about it, that I know it, it wouldn't have happened that way at all. That the same lies that Satan used on her would work on me. I know that because they still do. Satan hasn't learned an awful lot of new tricks. He still uses the same three big ones. And that is the ones he used with Eve. You know, he, he, he first says, did God really say that? Did he really say not to eat from any fruit of the garden? And, and God still uses that, that on us, doesn't he? When we said, did God really say you know, that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved? In this age of tolerance, we want to think there must be some other way. There must be, for people who really believe sincerely in this other way, Maybe they'll get to heaven too. Did God really say there's no other way, that there is one God and one mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus? Did God really say that? He still uses that same approach on us. In fact, we had a, a missionary come into the field a couple of years ago who at one point said, I, I, I just I can't believe that the Old Testament is dependable scripture. He wanted to come and join us. And we said, well, you know, thank you. We like to talk with you, but you can't, we don't want you to come and serve here because we believe the word of God is true and powerful. Well, Satan's next line was, you will not surely die. You know, go ahead and even do it. And you know what God warned you about? It's not really going to happen. It's not going to be that bad. Just enjoy yourself a little bit and it won't really be that bad. And he still uses that on us, doesn't he? Well, let me say he uses it on me, maybe not on you, where we start to think, well, this is just one little thing and it's not going to be that bad and it won't really hurt. And, and Satan convinces us and it's not until after we give in that we realize that these, these little things that we do, these sins, cause separation between us and God, between us and those people around us who are closest to us. It makes a mess of our lives. But then if those don't work, he goes to the next one and he says, well, God just wants to keep you from the good things. Right? He told Eve, God is just he, just, he just knows that if you eat that apple, then you'll be like him. And God still uses those kinds of things on, or excuse me, Satan still uses that kind of thing on me to say, oh, he just doesn't want you to have fun in this area, you know, but, and, and, and so he's, he's, he gives you these rules to live by, and he, doesn't, he just wants you to not, not have the best things. So you can have more fun if you do it this way. I, so I, I wouldn't have been much help to Eve if I'd have been there. But it's also at that time of the fall that we begin to see a little more revelation of who Jesus is. Not, 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 we don't get the whole picture, but begin to see from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, where God is speaking to the serpent and he says, there's one coming, the seed, the seed of the woman will come and, and he will crush your 
head. You'll bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. And we know from our vantage point that that is an early prophecy of Jesus Christ himself. I don't think Adam and Eve standing there knew that. They almost certainly heard the words, according to the text, but uh, I, I don't think that they understood that. I, let me show you where... The, 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 I, wonder what, I wonder what story you would have chosen, but let me quickly move to the one that I would have chosen, or I'd like to choose today. If I could choose any one of them, I would choose the events from, from Luke chapter 24. And let me begin in verse 13. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. And this, this story takes place... Uh, after Jesus day, died, and uh, there's two of his followers on the road to Emmaus, and uh, it's after Jesus' resurrection, but they weren't quite so sure of that. Verse 13, And behold, two of them were going that very day to the village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about the things which, they had, which had taken place. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they stood still, looking sad. And one of them named Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who is unaware of the things that have happened here these days? He said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word in the sight of God and all the peoples, and how the chief priests... And our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since these things happened. Uh, but also some women among us am uh, amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels and said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said, but, they, but him they did not see. He said to them, O foolish men, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his, enter into his glory? And then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. That, that's the event. That's where, I, If I could choose one today, that's where I'd like to be. I'd like to be on the road to Emmaus and just kind of following behind these three and hear Jesus explain about himself from the Scriptures. Keep in mind that when Jesus explained from the Scriptures, he wasn't, he wasn't appealing to Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. He was appealing to Moses and the prophets. Those are the Scriptures they had, the Old Testament. I, I'd just love to know. Where, what did he share? I, I, I'm guessing he probably started in Genesis with, with, with the very creation. The people we work with in, 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 in Obukain, they're animistic people. The animistic peoples are, are very aware of the spiritual world. They're, they're aware there are spirits out there and they have power. Um, they're not, they, they don't really have the concept of a, of a loving spirit or, or a personal relationship with the spirit, but they believe that if they do things right, if they perform this correctly, then the spirits will have to act on their behalf to to, to hurt this other person who's been mean to them or to make their gardens grow or make that person's garden not grow. And so if we come and tell them, hey, I've got good news for you. You don't have to worry about any of those spirits. Let me tell you about the one who is more powerful than all the spirits you've ever heard of. They will want to hear. But what they really want to know is, what do I have to do to manipulate him? And so we didn't make that approach from the beginning. We began with Genesis 
to say this is who God really is. And this is the character of our God. And this is who man is. This is who man is. One who fell and continues to fall short. And so I, 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 I'm guessing that Jesus uh, talked from, from creation and, and probably, uh, probably from the fall and shared that prophecy uh, from Genesis 3. Uh, I wonder, as, as he talks about the creation and then men's fall, if he also shared you know, the first beginnings of the story of redemption when God calls Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, where he begins to call a people through which he will bring a redeemer. And he promises to Abraham, doesn't he, that I will, I will make your name great, I'll give you lands, I'll give you a large family, and through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Two clear main ideas there that God is going to bless Abraham and his people and his family and provide for them and take care of them and then through them all the nations will be blessed. And he repeated that same promise to Isaac in Genesis 26 and to Jacob in Genesis 28. Those are the promises given to the patriarchs. So often uh, I've been one who clung to those top promises and when we, as I, I expressed earlier coming, coming to Christ as a young man God began to change my life and I was so excited about what God was doing in my life and taking away the fear and, and giving me purpose and, and making me someone that even, even I could like. But So often our focus is on what God, good things God can do for us and, and we forget the second part that God is going to through us bless the nations. Uh, we look at God's people throughout the scriptures and uh, it wasn't far from their minds as they were closer to God. We know David, a, a man after God's own heart, but as a young man, as he stood before Goliath, um, he, in Exodus chapter 7, verse 5, he said this. There we go. Okay, Pharaoh did not listen to you. Let me back up just a bit. There we go. Hannah and Egyptian. Okay, my people, the sons of Israel, from the land of Egypt, the great judgments. And in verse 5, the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring... Oh, excuse me. I mixed up the stories there, didn't I? Um, this, is, this is Moses in the Exodus. Excuse me. Moses in the Exodus, obviously, in Exodus chapter 5. Got ahead of myself. But here, as God is bringing people out of Egypt and crossing the Red Sea and putting the plagues on Egypt, he says this, The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the sons of Israel from the midst so that Moses and Aaron did it as the Lord commanded them. God was concerned in Exodus 14, again, 14 verse 4, As for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them and I will be honored through the Pharaoh and all the chariots and horsemen and then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I have honored through Pharaoh, through the chariots and the horsemen. God was concerned for his glory and even as he brought his people out of Egypt, he was meeting their need, he was providing for them, he was protecting them, but he, was, he also did it so that the peoples around him would know. I, I, I do, David and Goliath, excuse me, I had the wrong, I got confused earlier, but that's in 1 Samuel. 
Let me read that quickly if I can get there. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 46. This is David standing before Goliath. And he says, This day will the Lord deliver you up into my hands, and I will, sh- I will strike you down and remove your head from you, and I will give your dead bodies to the armies of the Philistines, and this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Again, God is providing for his people, the, uh, David's people. But he did it also so that all the nations would know. If you read the story of Rahab, you know that she, she did know, and they did fear God because God bringing them out of Egypt. As you move forward, you find that the peoples came to, they would come to the temple, and, and when Solomon dedicated the temple, um, in, uh, we have that in 1 Kings chapter 8, when Solomon dedicated the temple, he said, when the foreigner comes here, God bless them that they might know your goodness. Hezekiah's prayer as Sennacherib was, was attacking, the Assyrians were attacking, and uh, as Hezekiah prays, and it's, he prays that, that the world may know, that the nations may know there's a God in Israel. Psalm 67. Just a few verses there. This is, sounds like a familiar benediction. It says, God be gracious to us, bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us. And then in verse 2, that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all the nations. There again, we put it together. It's like the Abrahamic covenant. God bless us. May God bless you so that all the nations will know. And if you read through that psalm or in Psalm, uh, psalm 100, Psalm 102, Psalm 98, you get those same thoughts over and over again. The prophets, you're, you're of course aware of Isaiah chapter 7, the ones we hear every Christmas about the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. The prophecies of Jesus, he revealed himself through the Old Testament in Micah, the suffering servant in Isaiah chapter 53. I think throughout the, throughout the Old Testament, we see the idea that God is concerned for his glory and as he blesses his people, he wants them to be a blessing to all nations. Now, you might think that it's just a missionary who's speaking, and so he has that forethought, that idea, and so he looks back and he sees missionaries throughout the Old Testament, sees the missionary theme. Um, but I challenge you to read through Romans chapter 15, where Paul lays out basically his case for doing what he's doing, and he appeals to the Old Testament passages where again and again God is concerned that all nations hear. In Galatians chapter 3, he goes right back to the Abrahamic covenant. He says the patriarchs, the promises given to the patriarchs, and he says, the gospel was preached first to Abraham, saying, through you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. But Paul's not the only one who appealed to the Old Testament. As we know, our text today is Jesus appealing to the Old Testament. In, in that text, we read on in Luke 24. Um, he, he talks to them. They go back to the city of Jerusalem. Um, Jesus then uh, shows up there with them. He spends a little bit of time convincing them that he is who he, who he is and, you know, give me something to eat. And he ate it there before them and they said, well, this really is the guy. And then it says, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. These things which are written about me in the laws and Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Again, now he, he talked to the two men before and now he's talking to the larger group and he again opens their minds to understand the scriptures, the Old Testament. And then he kind of gives a summary of it all. 
He says this, that Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in, the, in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. It seems to be three main things there. He, he summarized it all. He looks back and he sees himself throughout the whole Old Testament. He comes back and says, here's the main points. Christ will suffer. He'll rise on the third day and then the gospel will be preached to all nations. Repentance of sin preached to all nations. It's, it's a main theme as Jesus looks at finds himself in the Old Testament. I wonder, I, I do tend to see the Scripture, I do tend to see those themes in the Old Testament. And uh, I didn't always. I often focused on the, on the verses that talked about goodness to me, and I'm, I'm thankful for those. Those are still some of my favorite verses. God's goodness to me, His protection for me, His, His leading, His providing. Those are important promises that we should cling to. But often, you know, even those are given unto us in a context of reaching others. You know, we, we talk about Jesus said, I'll be with you to the very end of the age. That's, that's a very encouraging and strengthening thing. But that was given in the context of him sending his people out to tell others about him. But it doesn't always have to go to a place like Obukai on the other side of the world. Um, there are needs much closer. Right here in Marquette County. Uh, I was in Walmart the other day and it became very clear that there's people there who perhaps uh, they were from another country and uh, very likely a country that uh, missionaries couldn't get into if they wanted to and yet those people live here in Marquette and we can reach and we have the freedom to share with them who, who, what, about the gospel. Um, not everyone is called to go to the jungles far away and, that's, uh, and the important thing is to know how, what part does God have for you and for some of you it, it, it's involvement at the church through, through maybe uh, stepping up and, and helping to lead or provide for Adult Bible Fellowship or the Iwana program or other things. There's a lot of missionaries on the backboard that uh, your church is connected with. I encourage you to connect more directly with one of those. Write to them and say, hey, this next year I commit to pray for you regularly. Can you send me some specific prayer requests and, and so that you can be a, part, a partner with them more closely? I, I encourage you, I challenge you to find what part is it that God has for you because I think that God wants for all of his people to be concerned about his heart for the world and those places far away and also right here in Marquette County. I encourage you to find out what part you have. Thank you for the opportunity to share this morning.